just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. Good to have you. And you know, a lot of people think of ministry as what what I do. I call it vocational ministry because it's a job. But really, ministry is wherever you are. Uh, And this is such an important concept that needs to get out to uh, Christians because wherever God has you, there is there is ministry there in in your daily working business life, uh, and for today's guest in his entrepreneurship, and so we're going to talk about some interesting things with someone who has uh, been in the tech world now for many many years. Uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's an investor. Uh, he sits on the boards of lots of tech companies out in the Bay Area in California, uh, and he has co-written a book recently called the faith code it's available now looks just like this uh and so he's he's doing the the tent making if you will to use a paul analogy um but he's also ministering right where he's at and so look forward to the conversation today appreciate you guys being here rusty roof welcome to life today live good to have you oh thank you for having me randy it's 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 exciting so i touched on a little bit of your resume but just for a little bit of background um i've I would really love for you to kind of unpack a little bit of that just so people know where you're coming from, because a lot of times people get successful in business and ministry kind of goes to the wayside, but you've been very successful and yet ministry is front and center, but give us just, I know it could be, it, this could go on the rest of the interview, but a brief resume would be fabulous. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I will. I will. Um, I'm a, um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little bit of an accidental um, technology guy. I, I actually, um, came up through um, consumer products. Uh, I graduated from Purdue. I was a radio and TV undergrad, and then I ended up get, getting my master's in counseling and personnel. and And I got and I got trained as a human resource professional. And I came through the, up through the PepsiCo companies, uh, Frito Lay, Pizza Hut, hmm. Pepsi International. And then in 1998, which as you were referencing there, uh, you know, I, I I made the switch from consumer products to um, high tech and entertainment. And I was recruited to the West Coast um, for a company called Electronic Arts EA. Oh, yeah. um, many many people know it as EA Sports, but sure. uh, m- many other games. And um, while there, I was fortunate enough to get to do many many different things because it was a very fast growing company. And you think 1998 was just four years after the uh, really the the internet sort of showed up after Mark Andreessen had created uh, Netscape. Um, through his mosaic, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself, but, uh, you know, that we could actually access the internet. And uh, so my wife and I moved to the Bay Area in 1998. And to give you a reference on that, that was the same year that Google was funded. Hmm. So Google had only been around a little bit and they got funded in 1998, really in the same month. And um, so I got to do lots of things at EA as we were growing really fast. And uh, um and then in 2005, I was asked to um, become a CEO of a digital music commerce company called Snowcap, which was founded, and and he was still there by a guy named Sean Fanning, who created the original Napster. Mm. And the original Napster, depending upon 
how old you are and how you think of, you know, was was very famous or very infamous uh, because it, uh, you know, it, file sharing changed the changed the way we thought about music and, and many other forms of entertainment. Um, and it was when I took that job as the CEO that I really began. I, I, I'd been a believer since I was seven years old, but, you know, all, all the time that I uh, was in my working life, I, I think there are many people that worked with me during those days of PepsiCo and before, if you ask them, well, you know, was faith something that drove Rusty's life? They would go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And and there might even people be people who would have said, I doubt it, <laughs> you know? Um, but it was when I became a CEO that uh, I, I decided, you know, the buck stops with me. I'm the shadow of the leader. Um, and now is the moment that either and I, I either i begin letting my faith move into the driver's seat instead of the back seat um or i don't and um so that was in 2005 and uh, i had a lot of fun uh, being a ceo of a venture backed company did all the things raised the money spent the money you know made the front page of the new york times the financial times you know sunday sections of of the New York Times, and it was it was all great until the world changed with the Great Recession, and uh, um, and I was fortunate enough to be able to sell the company before it went into the dead pool, mm. which it likely would have. It was the, the company was um, very interesting, but it, it was one of those companies where it was ahead of its time. Right. You know, it uh, um, we were actually SoundCloud for those people yeah. who know SoundCloud. We were SoundCloud before. And we sold the company to iMeme, which was the, the precursor to Spotify, which we all know Spotify. Um, iMeme actually sold the company to MySpace, which was the precursor to nothing. <laughs> you know, so, so so sometimes you're, you know, at the forefront and that's exciting. But um, but it was at that moment when I just started, I, I started changing my, uh, not only my uh, my inward being, but also my outward being, which is one of the things we talk about in our book, the faith code, which we're, I know you and I are going to talk about. Um, but you know, the external influences of who we are, how we do our vocation, how we do our life, um, must be informed by those things that are inside of us. Um, and even if we don't know that they're being informed by the things on the inside of us, they are because our outward fruits are showing to others. And so, Sold the company in 2008, um, and uh, and from that point on, I decided that I would um, be an advisor, investor, um, consult, uh, coach, um, do a lot of philanthropic things, some civic uh, opportunities. Started writing a, a daily um, work and faith integration uh, blog called Purposed Working. Became involved with the Faith Driven Entrepreneur Movement a few years ago, and uh, co-host a podcast with them. But um, but I'm still in the marketplace. I'm still doing my thing, um, and but trying to do it in a way that is reflective of um, my belief, you know, in Christ, and what, trying to trying to live it out that was, way. Was 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 that hard? I mean, because when we think of the West Coast, frankly, uh, and you know, the tech corridor and all that, we don't automatically think, oh, well, there's a friendly place for Christians, you know, yeah. uh, and maybe yeah. that's maybe that's a wrong. Uh, it could be a misperception. Um, well, it is, it is, it is, it is an interesting perception. Here, here's what I would say. I would say that, um, you know, you and I are old enough to remember when we didn't talk about politics or religion in the workplace. Right. Um, and, but as the 
conversation in the workplace has changed because today we do talk about politics in the workplace, in fact, probably way too, <laughs> too much. much. <laughs> um, but there's been an opening and a softening to being able to bring your faith into the workplace, in particular here in the Bay Area. Mm. Um, and the reason being with that, I believe, is that, first of all, um, you know, this this uh, center, epicenter of innovation inside of our country is filled with people who um, have creative ambitions. Creative People who are creative um, also are people who are looking for things outside of just who they are to try to help them be a creator. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of purpose and, and meaning and values and principles searching that happens among the creative community, which turns out to be the technology community. And you kind of have to think about it a little bit like Athens might've felt like at one point in our history, you know, in Greece, where this um, thinking, this creation was happening. And so there's this kind of aura of searching for this meaning and purpose. And an amazing thing happened um, probably about 15 years ago now, I would say, that um, a group at Google, a Jewish group, wanted to put together an employee resource, resource group um, to, to, to gather about their faith. And Google said, well, you can't do that. <laughs> we, don't, we don't let faith in the workplace. But they said, well, wait, 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 wait a minute. You've got all these other groups um, that are based on people's identity whether it's their um, ethnic identity, their sexual orientation, mm-hmm. um, how they think about um, you know different things, and you've got hobbies and you've got that. How can you say that's okay, but you can't let us have a group around our faith? And rather than fight that in the legal system, Google said, I think you're right, and allowed this to happen. Mm-hmm. And since then, Randy, there's just been this... Um, really surge of these employee resource groups that come together around their faiths inside of companies that companies endorse. And so like Salesforce, the faith force, which is what it's called at Salesforce, is thousands and thousands of people. Inside of Apple, you've got the same thing. And inside of Dropbox and literally, um, I don't know if they're still doing it post-pandemic, but pre-pandemic, you could go to to Dropbox in the morning and they had a, a worship time with really? worship leaders. Wow! And so, so there's this receptivity for speaking about your faith. Now, I will say this, that there is a, there's a bit, and I, and I use this um, term a lot as a, um, in the circles that, that many of us run in inside of the business world and technology world, sometimes you have to feel like you wear your under armor, <laughs> right, right? Right. Instead of your armor, you know, sure. le- leading. And so there's, so th- we must be respectful of how we speak about our faith. Not that it doesn't mean that we can't be bold and courageous, but we must be respectful. Um, but uh, my, my good friend, Henry Kasner, who runs the Faith Driven um, Entrepreneur Ministry and travels all around the world, will tell you that what's going on here might be the epicenter of faith and work integration. Wow. So, uh, but it's still a missionary field. You know, my, my co-author, Pastor Terry um, Brisbane, from uh, who 
rewrote the faith code together. He's been a pastor in San Francisco for 35 years, uh, ministering for 41 uh, total. And um, he, in, in our church, is in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco, and it's always felt like the mission field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of transients in, in, in the Bay Area. People yeah, yeah. come here to sort of find themselves, right? Yeah. And uh, But part of finding themselves is also testing you know, their own identity uh, around, you know, who they are spiritually. And, um, and that, that, that leaves an openness. You know what I, you know, I like about that? Uh, it, it's real easy uh, and, and frankly foolish for uh, people outside, especially to just kind of curse the darkness. Oh, you know, Google, Alphabet, Facebook. Oh, ah, ah, you know, you guys are right. lighting a candle in the middle of the darkness. Trying. We're trying, yeah. uh, you know, um, listen, it, it, I, I get it when people questioned, you know, big tech and all the things, I mean, look, look, you, you only have to watch, uh, the, so, um, you know, the social dilemma, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, you know, to understand, I mean, it is capitalism at, at its heart, you know, it's not altruism, it's capitalism and capitalism can go amok. Um, and look, we're, we're at another rank right now with, um, generative art, artificial intelligence, oh, gosh, with, yeah. you know, machine learning and large language models. So, um, there's a whole ethical, you know, debate about, you know, will, will the machine become sapient? And uh, yeah. I don't believe that it will, but I think that, um, there are those who, if we don't put guardrails around it, the unintended consequences of technology can, can be dangerous. Always have. Uh, I'm not as fearful of that as some other people are, um, you know, but it, it to me they're all tools and, and we can use them for good or ill. But I, I could have the AI conversation the rest of the time, but I'm not going to. <laughs> We're going to talk about this: okay. the Faith Code by Terry Brisbane yes. and Rusty Roof. Uh, again, available anywhere you get books right now. Uh, walk us through a little bit of what you're presenting in this. Yeah, so I I gave a presentation 20 plus years ago um, to my alma mater at Purdue University uh, about are you building your life as a platform or an app. And these these apps had just started to show up. The, the iPhone had come out, and um, and and it's an easy metaphor to understand because we know platforms. We all use them every single day, whether we we're on iOS with Apple or we're on Android with um, our Google phones, or you know we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on any of our business platforms, and 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 they have characteristics. Those characteristics are they are stable, they're dependable. You know, we we have a belief that you can build other things on top of them and they will work. Mm-hmm. But then we also have apps, and these apps are these things that people create that 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 help us in our life. Um, sometimes they just entertain us. Sometimes they they give us information that we and and those apps sit on top of this platform. But we also know that those apps come and go. Uh, they can be wonky. They can crash easily. You know, they, they, one day they do one thing, the next day they do another, you know, they, they, they got, they got to be updated over and over and over. Um, and, and we also know they can suck a lot of energy out of the platform, <laughs> right. right? If, if they're, you know, all of a sudden the battery starts going back because of this, this new app. And, um, my question was, are you building your life as a platform or an app? Hmm. And you know, if we build our life as a platform, we, we're we're looking for values, principles, relationships, things that we can count on. You know, in the in the in the toughest of times, in the best of times, to put all of our other applications on top of, and our applications being things like our jobs and some of our relationships and where we work and and you know where we live and things that we do for fun and you know all the clothes we wear, all those things that can come and go. Well, if we build our life on those things. When they crash, we have nothing to fall back on. 
So the metaphor that we use in the faith code is this idea of, are you building your life as a framework platform? Are you building your life as an app? And we believe this framework um, and platform concept is built on, for our purposes, is built on our faith, which is goes all the way back to our source code, which is God's <laughs> word, which is God's yeah. word. And 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 we use we um, there's a great thing Archimedes the uh, um, the um, mathematician the Greek you know Greek philosopher he had this he had this saying he said um, if you give me a lever long enough a lever and you give me a place to stand I will move the earth hmm. right Jesus came along and said if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed you could say to that mountain move from here to there and it'll move so you take those things together and you say if we have a place to stand if we have this faith to stand on and we rely upon the source code mm -hmm. then our lever our applications uh, the things that we call our entrepreneurial ventures in life or our occupations all of those things um we can move we can make movement in our life and influence on others. And so what we do in the faith code is we take these elements of the platform where P Pastor Terry, uh, in my, humbly I will say, he brilliantly takes the parables of Jesus, lays them out as these different um, source code foundational elements of this framework and platform. And then what I do is I come back in the book and I, and I, and I try to give us practical applications of how to go from our internal being, which he explores to our external doing. And because I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be in the marketplace uh, to have many different uh, experiences in, in life that I can try to pull in the combination between the two of us, you know, is, is unique because we have a great relationship between a pastor and an entrepreneur, which mm -hmm. doesn't happen every day. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, hopefully what we've done is we've uniquely given someone some insights on, on, on how to build a platform for a life that, you know, can be fulfilling, flourishing and abundant like Christ wants us to have. I love the way that, you know, when Jesus told his parables, he was talking about farming, fishing, this was their vocation, right? The vocation totally. of the people there. Uh, and that doesn't translate to us in, uh, you know, our developed country where I, I don't, not a lot of farm professional farmers and, and fishermen, right? Right. Um, when you present these biblical concepts and truths in a sort of a, a tech shell, if you will, do you find that, that people who normally wouldn't understand scriptural principles kind of light up and go, ah, I get it. Well, yeah. And look, I, I never want to say, I, I would never say that, Hey, you know, we, we, we can take God's word and, and, and actually make it better than what God said. No, um, no, no, yeah. But I, but I, but I do, but I, but I, I do see what you're saying. And I do believe that that, it, that, that can happen. And that's what we're trying to illuminate right. that we can take our modern vocational terminology and relate it to the same thing that he was speaking to when he spoke to farmers and shepherds. Um, and, and look, the, the thing is, is work is work, work is work. Right. And, and one of the, one of the things I've found, um, over my, um, business life is, is that 
um, every business has really the same pattern, right? Everybody's got to create something. Then they got to figure out how to operationalize and make it real. Then they got to figure out how to sell it and market it. Mm -hmm. And all along the way, they got to figure out how to do it in an efficient and, um, and financially productive way so that ultimately at the end of the day, they can make a profit. Yeah. Every company has the same pattern. Yeah. doesn't matter what we do. And in work, we are all doing the same thing, which is we're taking our talents and our skills and our experiences, applying it to a vocation, doing the best that we can to meet the goals and objectives of what that work is. Mm -hmm. And on the backside of it, looking at it and saying, did I do what, did I do well or not? Yeah. Did I perform? Yeah. Did I give it, did it was, can I do it better next time? And I think when Jesus gives us his parables and he uses those vocations, we can look at our own vocations and say, ah, I see how that applies to me. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, we are planting seeds every day in our in every job that we we do. Yeah, we don't have to be a farmer to say, "Oh, I get it. Ah, I'm planting this seed to get this uh, result, mm -hmm. and I have to water, and I have to tend it, and if I take care of it and I do it well, I will reap what I sow. Yeah, if I don't, I will not reap well. Yeah, yeah. And I also think the old computer adage of garbage in, garbage out. It has a spiritual application as well. <laughs> that's I mean, true. That, that, that translates true. right over too. So it's, you know, that and that's what you're talking about with the sort of the operating system idea, the platform idea is that, is that there's there's a base level and then whatever whatever culture you know is the app on top of it, whatever time period is the app on top of it. There there's some foundational truths that that don't change, and, and they the, don't change. The challenge for us sometimes is okay. How do we how do we take where we're at, both in time and physically in space on this earth, uh, even situationally? You know, you look at what's going on in the Middle East right now. It's like, okay, as a Christian, how do I how do I plug into that? Well, if if you've got garbage in your operating system, you're going to have garbage in your yeah. results. And so, I, which I, is which is a great point, Randy, because you know operating systems also have to be updated every now and then, mm -hmm. right? So you'll get that notification that says, you know, you need to up, update and upgrade, um, you know, your operating system. Here's, here's the beauty of it. We have a source code that mm -hmm. we, that is documented mm -hmm. that we can go back to. And, and so, you know, the worst thing in software engineering and anybody who, who's a computer programmer will tell you is to is to try to work with undocumented code. Yeah. In fact, so many companies, they waste a lot of money because you hire somebody and they come in and they look at the code and they go, oh, this is this is garbage. I've got to start all over. It was actually good code, but it was not documented. Mm -hmm. So they don't know what was behind it. You know, we are so fortunate because God gave us a documented code, a source code. Yeah. And each time that we go back and update ourselves, which we should do daily, give us our daily yep. bread, we should do that daily. Um, it becomes new and alive to us. I was having a conversation with someone last night who said it's just amazing how when they read the scripture, there's always they've read that same that same verse many, many times over. And 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 it this one comes it comes alive. Why does it come alive now? versus it came alive before because we're always changing, but right. it doesn't. Right. Right. We change with our age. 
You know, we change with our experiences. We change with all of the th different things that are going on around us in our society and our culture, you know, and our views change. But when we go back to got to the source code, the source code remains the same and it opens itself up and it reveals. And when it reveals our, itself to us, I say, that's just God showing his documentation. <laughs> It's not it's not Hungarian notation either, is it? That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's a joke for all you tech nerds out there. The beauty about that also is is that unlike sometimes in the tech world, when you talk about building your life on scripture, it it always works. That's right. Yeah. So there's a reliability there. Okay, I have a, I have a little bit of a sideways question for you. I'm just curious because okay. I know you're in this space. There are a lot of um, Christian organizations, uh, ministries, if you will, um, that are trying to embrace technology for different things. Evangelism's a big one. Uh, are you what, are you seeing anything in the use of technology and innovation for the gospel that gets you excited? Um, I, I'm, I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's coming. And here's the thing is I'm most excited about. Uh, so, you know, a minute ago, blockchain and crypto was the thing right right we all took and that was a minute ago <laughs> crypto maybe not the thing now but blockchain technology is not going away mm -hmm. and blockchain technology is amazing because it's an open register that that can't be changed it's uh, immutable once we put god's word on the blockchain and it becomes immutable. It can't be edited. It can't be changed. It can't be, it, it can always be accessed. Then we have the possibility that God's scripture can be available to anyone, every, anytime, anywhere, if they can access the internet. And in their language too, with the AI, right? And it, it would, absolutely in their language. Dialect. So think, mm -hmm. think about that for a moment. If you want to think about, you know, being prophetic and revelation and you know and it and it and every, everyone's had their their moment and their chance yeah. Yeah. to understand you know who god is who jesus is um that gets me excited nobody no one's yet done it because it's really expensive okay. you know somebody's somebody's got to write a really big gas tax that that uh, the term they use in in the blockchain world <laughs> a, a big a big a big check to be able to afford to do that and to, and to get it there. But if someone does and they put that, that the idea that God's word could be immutable, uneditable, and all and available to anyone, it can't be censored because mm. if you can get to the internet, you can get to the blockchain. Mm. So in places where, you know, nope, you can use, you can use the internet, but you know, you can't get to, you can't get to God's word. You could get to God's word this way. That gets me excited. It's really, it gets, gets me really excited. Um, Just a side note to that. I was in Burundi in July, and depending on which uh, economists you, know, you look at, Burundi and South Sudan are always at the poorest countries in the, in the world, right? But they kind of alternate depending on who you look at. I, I'm in, a, I'm not even in the capital, I'm a little up in another town, and we're in this hotel, and um, I'm sitting on the balcony, and I'm watching all night. And it's dark out there because they don't have street lights and stuff, you know. And the yeah, electricity right. probably is not going to last all night. But I'm watching people walk by, and they've got their they got cell phones. You yes. know, they, a lot of these places skipped the whole landline thing and went totally. right to the totally. cell towers. 
and yep. they're and they're scrolling or they're texting. That's right. And what you're saying is that everywhere that there's cell phones, which is even in the poorest nations in the world, they'll be able to read scripture yeah. right there in their yeah. language, yeah. in their dialect, which is yeah. amazing. With no with with nobody censoring it away from them. Even in North Korea, that'd be interesting. Is it, I mean, that's that's you know what we all hope for as you know as we as as we as we're hope as we're hopeful and waiting and waiting you know is that we can move you know God's word and and that, that's the beautiful thing about technology. I mean, let's not forget, uh, you know, God is the God of creation. He created us. We're in His image. Therefore, we are creators. Uh, we create technology and and. Draw the line. Draw, draw. Use logic and reason. You go back. Okay, if he didn't really want us to have technology, we wouldn't have it. Now, what are we going to do with it? Yeah. What are we going to do with it? We're going to if we do good with it. Um, I I love the idea. This is one of the things in, that makes the faith code, the, the book Pastor Terry and I wrote together, kind of come real. Is because he and I have had a um, twenty-five plus year um, relationship now where we talk about these things. And I, I feel like as a technology guy out here in Silicon Valley, I have a responsibility to bring what I've learned to the church and, and expose the church to it to say, hey, this, this could make the church better. Mm -hmm. And like in 2014, which was a long time ago, I, I, I gave a presentation to, to Terry and to his church staff on and I, what I called cloud church. Cloud church, you know, the church could be all these things in the cloud that we could that we could actually do some really amazing things and be on the front on the front foot. And, it, and the church wasn't ready for it. Right. But when the pandemic the showed up, <laughs> right, right. When the pandemic showed up, you know, we, you know, you could brush off that presentation and go, hey, there's a lot of elements in here. Mm -hmm. So, so I think any of us that are that are, and, I, and I'll say this really quickly: any of us in any occupation, it doesn't matter what we do. If, if, if we see something because of our vocation that we can bring to the church to make it better, I think we have a responsibility to do that. Oh yeah. 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 Right. What's interesting about the pandemic is when that hit, there were two types of churches. There are the ones that had already embraced the technology and their numbers online went through the roof because I talked to That's a bunch correct. of them. And then That's there are correct. the ones that were sitting around with nobody in their building going, Oh shoot! What do we do now? How do we get this yeah, in place? No, no right. that's right. They were, you know, they were the ones that were, you know, quickly rushing to put a, um, an iPhone on a tripod right. and somebody stand up and, you know, let's see if we can stream this on Facebook. Yeah, you know, I mean, and it looked like um, it. <laughs> it, it looked like it. So, so, so those of us can that can help the church, so the church can be ready and 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 also relatable to where we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to change for the culture, but we need we must relate to those things. Yeah. Like when I was in video games, everybody always wanted to do. They come to us and say, "Hey, this be a great education game. You could do this thing." Like, and because you couldn't do it to the same quality as somebody what they expected from Madden football oh. or anything from EA Sports, we would say that's a waste of time because a kid is going to look at two different things and they're going to say, well, wait a minute, which one do I want to spend my time on? They're going to work with the one that's compelling and well right. done and excellent. The same must be said for the church, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We must do it at the same level of excellence. And if you want to get people off, off the couch from watching, you know, Netflix and, 
and um, and 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 their cocoon of home and get back into a church service on Sunday, which you know should feel natural, but so many people have fallen out of the habit. We want to get them back. We got to give them something that's beyond just oh, it's an obligation for you. You should live. You or you right. know, you're God said you should do it. Yeah. Um, Suffer we, through it. <laughs> we got to compete. We got to compete. <laughs> right. Right. All right, we I, I could go on with this conversation uh, all day long, but I won't. Uh, I, I, I want to show people your website. This is rustyroof.com, R-U-E-F-F, uh, uh, roof. And I'm, what yeah. is, what, where is it's that? A, it's, it's, um, it's Germanic. It's Germanic, um, okay. Yeah, so, you know, but it's it's sort of, you know, it's up there in that uh, <laughs> northern northern Europe um, okay. kind of thing. All yeah. Right. All right. So rustyroof.com, and you can also catch his uh, Purposed Working blog there and check out the Faith Entrepreneur podcast. All good resources, and, of course, uh, the book The Faith Code is available. Anything you want to add before I let you go? I, I love this kind of conversation. I appreciate you yeah, taking no, time. No, I would, I, would, I would just say that, um, you know, uh, as Pastor Terry and I, you know, made our dedications um, to the book, you know, both of us said we wanted to dedicate the book to those who are doing their best with all that they have been given. Hmm. And we understand very much so from our own personal experiences and and the people that we know and the world that we live in that, you know, it's it's just it's not easy. Life life is not easy. And but if we continue to strive to do the best we have with all that God has given us, we're we're doing well. We're doing well. And uh, and I just want to leave that as a word of encouragement. Um, I hope people enjoy the faith code. The faith code. Uh, feel free to reach out directly to me. Anybody who's listening, um, I respond. And uh, you know, um, thank you for your time today. It's Absolutely. been wonderful being here. Appreciate you. Bible says, the "Wise man builds his house on a rock." Uh, Rusty and Terry say that a good programmer builds his app on a stable platform. <laughs> the truth translates. Check out The Faith Code, available wherever you get books. Uh, and uh, hit hit share, especially if you know some techie type. They'll get this, totally get this. Uh, and if you haven't liked, followed, subscribe, please do that. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. This is God's word, brother. It's God's word.